Greetings, uh, my UECP family. Today, uh, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, please open it. And our title for uh, today's message is Hope in the Midst of Failure. Hope in the Midst of Failure. My friends, have you ever failed at anything in life? No? Have you ever failed in an exam? Have you ever failed when you interviewed for a job? Have you ever failed in your business where a business deal went wrong? Or have you ever failed in your career? No, you started in this career, then you wasted so much time and realized this is not for you. Have you ever failed in your marriage? Now, maybe your marriage is falling apart right now or you have separated from your uh, husband or wife, or maybe your children, you know, you have felt that you have failed as a parent. You see, a lot of us have experienced failure in life. And most of the time, these failures leave a mark in our life. And this mark can be a turning point. God can use this failure to draw us near to Him. Or the other thing is, the failures that we experience, we also use that to run away from God. So it's either we run towards God or we run away from God. In today's message, we will look at Joshua and his army. Because for the first time, they failed in a battle that should have been an easy one for them. They experience failure as a nation. So what caused the downfall of Israel? The answer is sin. Okay, God hates sin. So let's read Joshua chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. It says, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things, for Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi. So remember the name Achan. Huh? Son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah took some of the devoted things. He took some of the things that belonged to God. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there for they are few. Konti lang sila. Kaya natin to. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water, and became as water. So what caused the downfall of Israel? 
there are two things that cause their downfall. Number one is disobedience. And number two is overconfidence. Disobedience and overconfidence. And I think all of us can relate. No? When we um, have an obstacle or a problem in our life, if we think it's easy, you know, we become overconfident. No? We think we can do it. Okay? So disobedience. In verse 1, Achan, okay, he sinned by stealing and getting and coveting and lying. His sin, though how insignificant he thought it was. No? For him, he just took a little. It was just a small sin for him. But it caused others to suffer. You see, 36 men lost their lives. What does that mean? That means 36 families lost their father. 36 families you know, lost the head of the household. And 36 children lost their fathers. Sometimes we think it's just a small sin. I'm not hurting anyone. But if you look at it, it caused a lot of problems. Because of one man's sin, Israel as a nation was judged. The whole nation was judged because of Achan's sin. You see, Achan took the devoted things that didn't belong to him. It belonged to God. And because of this, God's anger burned on all the people of Israel. My friends, one man's disobedience can affect a lot of people. Remember that. One man's disobedience can affect a lot of people. But we often think, I'm not hurting anyone. Well, a pilot who commits an error in judgment can cause the whole plane to crash. A driver who is drunk and drives can cause a lot of people to suffer. A doctor who is overconfident without studying the case can make a fatal mistake. A pastor who sins can cause a lot of hurt and disillusionment to its members. Achan's sin of stealing caused the nation of Israel to fall. Second is overconfidence. You see, Joshua was overconfident and this caused them to experience losing for the first time. Because why? He trusted the men who reported to him uh, what they saw instead of trusting in God. He saw that I was a simple obstacle. So he said, we can do it. No prayer. He did not pray this time. And they just sent a few men to go into battle because for them, it was an easy victory. The report was, what was the report of his men? It was, it's going to be a walk in the park. You know, so take it lightly, send a few troops. But Joshua was overconfident to the point that he did not pray and seek the Lord. He did not pray and seek the Lord. You see, when things are easy, we tend to rely on our own strategies. When things are easy, we just you know, do it our way. We don't really think about it. Joshua lost 36 men. He lost 36 men. Not only that, 
but his people were discouraged. Okay, it says in the last verse, it said the people melted and became as water. Now, why did Joshua and his men experience defeat? It's because of sin. It's because of sin they experienced defeat for the first time. You see, failure is a painful lesson. But sin must not be taken lightly. Okay? Sin must not be taken lightly. Remember that. You may, when we fail, we may lose sleep. You, know, you can't eat, you can't smile, you feel down. But we must realize that sin must not be taken lightly. So what do we do when we fall? Okay? Uh, there are three things that I want to share to us today. When you experience failure, what can we do? You can pray, then listen to God, learn from your mistakes, and confess your sin. Pray, listen and learn, and confess. You see, this week, we're doing our, uh, we just finished our prayer and fasting, okay? I don't know about you. Um, did you struggle? Did you uh, have a hard time uh, giving up the things that get the most of your time and give it to God and replace it with prayer? Now, for me, it was about giving up food for the week. It was hard. It was a struggle. But as I move on day to day, as I prayed more, as I focused on praying, God started to reveal my sins to me. God started to reveal the things that He wanted me to do for Him. So praying is just crying out to God, letting the Lord know what is happening in my life and letting Him rule in my life. You see, um, when Joshua, okay, he prayed here, okay, um, this should have been done at the start, okay, but he did it when he already failed, okay? So, my question is, are we using God like a parachute when it comes to prayer, okay? Are we using God, is God just a parachute for you and me today, wherein we use Him when we have problems. We use Him when we have already failed. In verse 6, in verse 6, okay, so what to do when we fail? It's pray, no? So in verse 6, it says, Then Joshua tore his clothes. You know, he tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. You see, Joshua was showing remorse, and he tore his clothes and cried out to the Lord. Joshua, because Joshua knew there was something wrong. No? He knew there was something wrong. He knew God was not with them, and that is why they lost. So he knew. So in verse 7 to 9, Joshua prays to God. He says, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all? To give us the hands 
of the Amorites to destroy us, would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Joshua says, O Lord, why? Why, why, why? But as we pray, okay, it's all right to just cry out. Even if it may sound like you are doubting God, you are questioning God, that's all right. That's part of our prayer. But as we pray, it shouldn't always just be us talking. We must also learn to listen. And after listening, we have to learn and obey what the Lord wants us to do. So God says in verse uh, 10 to 11, okay, what to do when we fail? We have to listen and learn. Okay, listen and learn. And in this verse, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Get up! Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. So the Lord now tells Joshua why they lost. God says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied. No? Stolen, lied, and put them among their own belongings. <coughs> R.C. Sproul once said, Action without prayer is pagan. Prayer without action is hypocrisy. My friends, the purpose of prayer is not informing God of my needs. No, we don't have to inform God because God already knows our needs. No, God won't be amazed. Oh, no, ito pala yung nangyayari. This is what's happening in your life. God already knows. So prayer is not informing God of our needs. But the purpose of prayer is to invite God to rule our life. The purpose of prayer is to invite God to rule our life, to take control of our life. Let God have control. So my friends, when you have problems, when you have decisions to make, pray early. Report to the Lord and obey what the Lord wants you to do. You ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? You ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? God says in verse uh, 7 to 9, no? I, in verse 10 to 11 uh, to Joshua, that's enough, Joshua. Your prayer is too late, okay? But thanks for praying. But now it's time to get up. Action is needed now. You see, prayer without action is hypocrisy. God tells him why you lost the battle. And sometimes, actually, the simple battles are the ones we should pay attention to. Because if it's a simple battle, we become complacent. 
and we are caught off guard and we are overconfident. God says you lost the battle because Israel sinned. You have taken, you have stolen, you have lied, you have hid something that belongs to me. You intentionally disobeyed me. That is the cause of your downfall. That is the cause of your downfall. So my friends, listen and learn. No? This is what God is telling us. We have to listen to His Word and learn from His Word. Obey. Joshua, sabi niya, you should have prayed before the battle. And I would have told you not to go into the battle. I would have told you, don't go into the battle because you will lose because someone has sinned. Someone has sinned. I would tell you that someone has sinned among your ranks and you would have not lost the battle. You know, in Joshua 6, verse 18 to 19, um, the command was, um, take anything from Jericho and Israel will be in trouble. Now, God told Joshua very clearly, if you take anything after you have won the battle in Jericho, you will be in trouble. Because everything you see after the war with Jericho, that belongs to me. That belongs to God. And yet, even when I told you not to take anything, you still chose to disobey. Now listen and learn, Joshua. There is still a door of hope for you. In verse 12, Therefore the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more. No, God is telling him, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. And in verse 15, and he who is taken with the devoted things, and he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has. Because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. The Lord is telling Joshua, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things. In short, you have to find the person who stole from me, who has sinned and disobeyed and destroyed uh, and has sinned against me. You have to destroy the things that he has stolen and not only the things, but the person himself who stole must be burned. Wow! No, we must be thinking, what a punishment for stealing items that are actually of no use to anyone anymore. But actually, it's not what Achan stole. It's the act itself. No matter how small or big the amount he stole, God was angry. He was angry because God hates sin. 
He was angry because Achan intentionally stole from him. And God hates sin. Remember that. So God lays down the law to Joshua. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things among you. God was saying, you choose today. Do you want to obey and destroy the devoted things? Or from this day onward, I will not be, I will not be with you anymore. So what to do when we fail? Listen and learn from God. Pray and seek His will. My friends, we have to learn from the mistakes that we do. And every mistake has a consequence. Remember that. Every mistake has a consequence. Even if the Lord has forgiven you, we have to own up to those consequences. And third, okay, uh, what to do when we fail? We have to confess our sin. Now, this is the hard part, confessing your sin. In verse 20 and 21, Achan does confess, okay? Let's read his confession. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoiled a beautiful cloak from Shinar, and 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them. I took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. Achan confessed, but he only confessed when he was caught red-handed. There's a difference, I think. How about you and me? Would you have confessed if you were not caught in sin? It makes me wonder, what if Achan had confessed before he was caught? Would it have been a different ending for Achan? My friends, what sin are you hiding today? What sin are you hiding today? I urge you, if there is any sin that you are hiding, whether it's coveting, having a love for money, whether it's um, you have another woman on the side, or you are cheating in your business, or you're uh, involved in extramarital affairs, you have... Uh, you are addiction in pornography, whatever that sin is, I urge you today, confess your sins to God and He is faithful and just to forgive you. God is faithful and just. He will forgive you. Don't wait till it's too late. Find someone and if you want, you can also find someone that you can be accountable with. In today's world, one thing the Lord has been reminding me, and I want to share to you is, we need someone that can hold us accountable. Someone who can ask us the difficult questions. Someone who is willing to say to us and ask us, no, have you been uh, having your daily devotion? 
What sin are you now being tempted upon? Are you uh, sharing the gospel? Are you giving your tithes regularly? We need someone to check upon us. What sin are you keeping from God? Achan thought no one knew. Achan thought, I can get away with it. Isn't that how we also think? It's just a small sin. Nobody knows. No one will know. Maybe, but I tell you, God sees you. God sees us. He knows what we are doing. Sometimes we think the sin is so small, it's so insignificant, but in God's eyes, no matter how small the sin is, it is still sin. It is still sin. You see, Achan's sin and disobedience, Achan's sin and disobedience, uh, he disregarded God's commands, he took God for granted, he thought he could get away with it. For him, it's just one sin. No one will know. I'm not hurting anyone. But at the end, 36 men died. My friends, God is just. Therefore, God must punish sin. And we must accept the consequences of sin. God wanted to make a point, And he made it loud and clear. You sin against me, you steal from me, you're dead. If only Achan had waited. If only he had waited. You know, when you read chapter 8, God allowed the people to get the spoils from Ai. You know, when eventually in chapter 8, they, they, got, uh, they won the battle with Ai okay? because you know, Joshua, and Joshua repented and uh, Achan was... Um, he, he was punished for his sins. Okay? And in chapter 8, when they won over I, the Lord gave the spoils to the people. If only Achan had waited, he would have gotten more than what he stole from Jericho. My friends, God knows our needs. God knows what you need. And God will bless us in His time. So don't worry you know, and don't covet what others have because God knows what we need and He will bless you in His own time. I'd like to um, end with verse uh, 26. Okay, verse 26. And they raised over Him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. Now, why is it called Achor? What does it sound like? Achor, it sounds like Achan, right? Achan. They have the same Hebrew word. One is used for a person. One is used for a valley. And Achan and Achor means Trouble. It means trouble. No? Problema. Have you ever used that in describing a person? When someone comes and this person is uh, hard to deal with, no? sometimes you say, oh, here comes trouble. 
No, nandito na yung problema. Okay, we 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 say that. You see, Achan's story was a story of sin and failure. Sin and defeat. He was buried in the valley of trouble. Achor means trouble. Now, if we look at Hosea 2.15, it says, And therefore, I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. A door of hope. You see, in Hosea, the setting is similar. It's a time of judgment. It's a time of trouble. But Hosea, the prophet, gives hope by giving direct reference to the valley of trouble, to the valley of Achor. That the valley of Achor, which was once known as a place of trouble, will be a door of hope. It will be a place of victory. So what is Hosea 2.15 about? So the principle we can learn about this is God, He can take your trouble and turn it into triumph. Remember that. God can take your trouble and turn it into triumph. Because every failure isn't forever. Remember that. Every failure isn't forever. So don't cross people out when they fail because God can use their stories, our stories, to be a teaching moment for others. God can use our pain so that He will be glorified. God can use our defeats as a way for us to minister to others. And all He asks of us is obedience, faithfulness, and repentance. Are you hiding any sin today? It's time to come clean before the Lord. My friends, even the worst sinner can be used by God for His glory. So let's not be judgmental. Our failure in the past does not have to mark our future. Remember that. Our failure in the past does not have to mark our future. You see, God doesn't care about your past, but, does, but God does care about our future. The story today is actually about God. It's about God. God hates sin. He hates disobedience that leads to sin. So no matter how insignificant the sin, it can be detrimental, causing a series of losses, a series of pain. Number two, God wants us to pray and depend on Him. He doesn't want us to be overconfident where we trust in our own plans and only come to God when we need a parachute because we are failing. Third, God is just. He reminds us that no sin will go unpunished. Yes, Jesus died on the cross and by His blood we are forgiven, but every sin still has a consequence. So don't take sin lightly because God doesn't. Number four, 
God wants us, you and me, to turn our hearts to Jesus. And He wants us, and He offers us a door of hope. There is hope, my friends, in the midst of failure. Remember that in the midst of failure, there is hope because there is Jesus Christ. You see, God doesn't call us to be perfect. He doesn't call us um, to always be right. But He calls us to be faithful. He calls us to be authentic, to be real, and not to pretend that everything is okay all the time. My friends, it's okay to fail. But the question is, what will you do when you fail? What will you do when you fail? We must stand up, my friends, when we fail. We must pick ourselves up and remember that there is hope in the midst of failure. And that is in Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. God bless everyone.